When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Tony Shebeki with you, Welsh and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, mate. Lyle, how are you, buddy? I'm going well, mate. Going well. Hope you two boys are good. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, of course, we are brought to you by the Australian Wrestling Network that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Welsh, some fantastic stuff on there at the moment. Yeah, a lot of stuff from um, Ballarat Wrestling back in the days going up and um that stuff's much better than i remember it being it's really good so um definitely worth checking out it's not that expensive um and it's the best place to catch the most australian wrestling atlas whittaker good interview good uh good feedback from last week yeah yeah um, great story about the weight loss and and the battle with the, the the little man on the shoulder and and Good to see him having some success. Yeah, re- really good. You know, um, well, obviously watching it live at Deathmatch uh, down under, seeing you could actually see it in his face of what it meant. You know, having the crowd give him a standing ovation, which obviously he probably wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, it's only up from here. Bigger and better things for him in the future. Really looking forward to our uh, guest tonight, Welshy. Yes, so am I. It's um, a guy who's um, he's trained at the Farley Dojo in New Zealand. So he's involved with New Japan Pro Wrestling and PCW in Melbourne. And he's a Geelong boy, mad Geelong supporter, I think. One of the few Victorians who only managed to get to the grand final last year. Um, welcome to Jake Taylor. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good. We're, really, you? we're really good, Jake. Going Very good. good. Very happy with the Cats win on the weekend as well. Uh, have you guys got a team? Uh, our team's all Tigers. Tigers. Uh, uh, it's baseball season at the minute, so I'm uh, not following the football. <laughs> He's a Collingwood, Collingwood supporter. Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood. Collingwood. So, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, what, they felt Poor Buckley. I feel bad for Buckley. I don't think, I don't it's, think his... it's his fault. No, no, it's not his fault. List it's management. his list management. It's terrible. Yeah. I was just I was listening to trade radio all um in the off season and stuff, and Jesus, they just they were pumping uh, Buckley and what Collingwood was doing and Trelaw and everything like that it was ridiculous. Yeah, it really was. Um, surely, surely, what Geelong did to West Coast is a work though, isn't it? <laughs> squash match, squash match, a bit of a squash match. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit of a handicap as well. It was um. I've been watching the replay a little bit too many times, and um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's meow, like meow, um, 
often if your team wins by that much, you start to feel a little bit sorry for the other team. But when it's West Coast, probably not. Yeah, no. Yeah, not not so much. Oh, I got a, my brother. He's got a friend that plays for West Coast, so yeah. But still, I can't say West Coast. I'm the team. I'm fine with their fans. Not so much. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin Cheat. Um, <laughs> But first, so JJ, before we talk, I was going to ask you guys, what's what's the go with um, JJ Ferno? What's 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 this? Yeah. He's still on so, seats still? What's going on here? Amazing. Don't talk to us about it. Um, Lyle, something happened to you on the weekend, didn't it? Oh, I tell you, you went to Luna Park, didn't you? I went to Luna Park with the kids and my nephews and um, my family. In the rain as well. So I wasn't having a good day to start with. Like mm. One, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to stay and watch the footy, if I'm honest. Um, so I go on kid. a few rides. And then, kids, um, go on the Ferris wheel. It's boring yeah. as batshit. It just goes around, and every two minutes, it stops to let other people off and people on. I've got onto my carriage. I've had to stand the whole bloody time, Tony. 45 minutes of standing... Because JJ Ferno had stolen my seat. There's only four seats in there. Yeah. My two kids, me, JJ Ferno, and my wife. They all got seats except for me. This is uh, a yeah. just... now. Get well, the worst part because he's been stealing my seat for over for months now, and now he seems to have turned his attentions to you. I th- I think it's um opportunistic if i'm honest i know you're moving house at the minute so maybe he's not sure where my seats are all wrapped up yeah so maybe you don't have your seats out there uh, in transit um yeah so he's moving on to me now you know last week he popped up in my bedroom which was weird that was so, very you know, weird there's, there is no seats in here there's no seats as you can see so I'm, knowing, I'm laying down on my bed um that was weird but so you know him better than us is yeah is this something that um, he's known for? Yeah, look, it's, it's kind of interesting that you guys brought up over the last few shows because um, we've had to have a few meetings about it with the boys and the girls, uh, with their suitcases or their gear down, um, just to be careful that, you know, look, put something down there to reserve the seat or else JJ will steal it. So anytime we've had, especially this year, we've had a lot of new talent come through the door to wrestle with us, you know, Kellyanne and Emmett, and we've had to warn them, and they know now, just to be careful. Yeah, um, I feel like we're, we're actually a public service announcement for wrestlers and wrestling fans around the country. Um, basically, he's not to be trusted around the seat. Well, I've, yeah, I've heard that they've had to actually change terminology in Parliament. They can't use the word sitting member anymore, just in case <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I just imagine the Prime Minister not being able to sit down and JJ sitting there in question time, like arms folded, drinking a beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I'm glad you one, guys are PCW are over it. Yeah, we are. Well, we've, had a, we've had a word from uh, RCW when uh, JJ was down there recently. And they, um, you know, we've had to warn them as well. There's been issues down there as well. And um, we're just, we're kind of a little bit paranoid that he's giving us a bit of a bad rep at the moment. Um, especially if he wants to be going to like you know New South Wales, Queensland, or anywhere around Australia, like we're just a little bit stressed that um, we'll get that bad rep. So yeah, yeah. he is representing PCW's good name, which has been he building is. and building over the last couple of years. Could be all flushed down the toilet from one individual. It's oh, well, toilet seat. But when you go into the toilet, there's no seats on it. 
It's true. And that look, makes I just an got uncomfortable in... night. Yeah. Anyway, I just got I just got invited to his twenty first birthday as well, and it did say on the invite musical chairs would be the main feature of the night. Byo um, chairs. Yeah. <laughs> imagine you imagine you get there and there's like two hundred people at his party, but he's yeah. got six six hundred chairs just random. They they don't match. He's just picked them up from everywhere. I didn't have to hire these for the party. I already got these. Um, well, anytime we've had chair matches or TLC matches, he's always put his hand up to say, "Look, if you guys need extras, got some." Uh, is it um, is it true that PCW have unisex toilets? And the common thing that used to be yelled out was, "Who didn't put the seat down?" Now they're saying, "Who took the seat?" Exactly. So well, they all know. They don't ask that because anyway, uh, enough about JJ Ferno. Um, yeah, please. Not our favorite person. Um, I want to talk about you and. Yeah. So you're a Geelong boy and PCW used to have the school down in Geelong. Is that how you started with the company? Yeah, we did. So we, um, I was basically just to give a quick history. Um, so I was pr- pretty much, I was playing footy down here in Geelong and um, I just kept having, uh, I was playing for Geelong Amateurs and I was playing for Lara as well. And it got to a point where I just kept doing my hammies, kept doing my groin and um Oh, just you know you start getting to that point where you're waking up every Saturday and you're saying you know what do I keep doing we kept losing as well so just like mental health and all those things start weighing on you and you just it got to a point where I just wasn't really happy playing footy and then I was listening to um Talk is Jericho with and I had uh Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson and Hartley Jackson Australian wrestler and he was on there talking at the end and said look you know if you're an Australian wrestler or if you're looking at getting into wrestling now's a great chance and great time and that was back in 2017 so I kind of listened to that and I just said, you know, I'll send him a message. I found him on Facebook, just sent him a message, not expecting any return or anything. And then, um, you know, I just said, oh, look, I'm Jake. I'm from Torquay. I'm keen to get into wrestling. And he sent me a message back within five minutes saying, you know, here's a school in Melbourne. This is what you should do. Good luck with everything. Unfortunately, the school was like, it was at 5.30 on weeknights in Melbourne city. And I live in Torquay. So there was no chance with work and everything that I was going to get there on time. Yeah. And then, so I, I kind of left it for a week said, look, oh, that sucks. It's not going to happen. And then yeah, a week later, a, an ad popped up on Facebook saying, learn how to wrestle in Geelong. And <laughs> I just said, what the, what the hell? So I, um, you know, as you do with some things said, fuck it. And um, signed up and sent off the um, email and yeah, I got a message from uh, one Danny psycho and an hour later saying, come on down and start training so yeah we we're training down in geelong and then yeah it was incredible to be able to do that and danny psycho obviously who's just uh just wound up his career so we'll say mm. for now because no one's ever really retired in wrestling but um, danny. an amazing an amazing icon of melbourne wrestling what was it like um to learn the ropes under danny it was um the thing with Danny was he kind of, I think as you can see with Danny, he just kind of, it's all, it's all 100%. Let's just go for it. Let's, he probably, the only downfall of Danny's teaching, the basics probably got a little bit skipped with the psychology stuff, but all the moves, <laughs> everything like that, we were going for it a hundred miles an hour. And then, but um, you know, he said to me, you know, six, nine months would be the chance you get your first match. I ended up getting my match in three months and um but before you know it we you know danny was moving to thailand to um for work and then 
so the Geelong school closed and then that turns into uh, Edward Dusk, Thomas Crow, and myself having to travel to um, Melbourne to PCW's academy, you know, two hour drive. Not even Melbourne, but the arse end of Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, because you're a Geelong boy. We're, we, we're from the Western suburbs. We know yeah. how far it is. Yeah, it, it, it is a drive and it was... Um, like it is painful like for the shows i don't care how far i have to drive for a wrestling match but when it came to training every night and like some nights it was luckily we did have you know ever dusk and thomas crow to be able to do those things or else you go a bit crazy on the road driving up and getting back home every night at like 12 o'clock and um but the good thing about you know those basics with the um psychology and everything is that pcw academy has one of the best teachers in australia and that's tricky um and he's I highly recommend anybody who lives in Victoria to train under Tricky because he'll teach you everything that you need to know about wrestling. He um, sees it differently, doesn't he? He does. And he's been overseas. He's done everything he needs to do. And he's, he's one of those coaches. And what I respect as well is if you're eager to learn, he's, he's happy to give you as much time as you want just he's got a wealth of knowledge and if anybody that shows that he'll he'll gravitate to you and he'll try and help you out as much as he can talk to us um so thomas crow and edward dusk like both really talented young wrestlers yeah tell us about those car rides you guys must have um solved the world's problems going up <laughs> and down that highway well it's we did and it's it's interesting because like pcw the way i've seen it in I think when I first started, every other company we saw is like, again, bringing it back to like football where you've kind of got your senior list and you've got your, your two. So we've got our ignition roster and then we've got our slam roster. And the yeah. good thing about any football team is having a list where you've got players that are knocking on the door trying to get on that senior team. So, and that's exactly what we have at PCW Academy where, you know, Dusk and Crow, like we're always pushing each other. We've got like a healthy rivalry where we're both, we're all pushing each other to try and get better. And then you've also got the PCW Academy where talent, like I could talk about the Academy for ages, just with the amount of talent that's coming through there that are trying to get opportunity and fighting and clawing to get there. And you look at someone like Murdoch, um, who has been on slam and he was trying to get those ignition matches. And then he reached out to, um, you know, he, he bet on himself and now he's doing great things over at death match down under. And um, I went to one of their shows recently and he got one of the biggest pops of the night. He's getting him and Aisha are getting amazing pops um, yep. at DMDU. And it's funny because I remember I was at, um, remember that charity show. I don't know if you remember the charity show they did for the bushfires. Um, yeah. Murdoch was on that show and I was sitting next to someone who doesn't get to PCW very often. And she mm. said to me, I always like seeing the new PCW wrestlers. They look like wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's kind of a trick. I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but every time I've, I've talked to wrestlers from other companies and stuff, I, um, we get caught, we get told the same thing, which is the, the PCW bubble. We get, yeah, we get told that all the time where it's, um, you know, you guys have got all this good talent, but not, the problem is only you guys know about it. It seems to be like a secret over there. CW know about it. Fans from other companies around Victoria and outside of Victoria um, don't really know 
who we are but then when they do get that chance to see us wrestle somewhere else it's just like where where the hell are these guys from and that seems to be the thing like with our academy we've got people like indy hartwell the philippes royce chambers now jj ferno is pushing out murdoch we've got all this talent that's now kind of getting that more exposure around australia which is really big for us and really big for australian wrestling even the rb4k guys are starting to branch out that little bit as well um and I mean, we've been a champion of the guys and girls at PCW for a while, um, just mm. because we're lucky enough to see the talent often enough to yeah. know what's down there. Um, and I do recommend anybody who in Victoria to, to get out to those shows, especially those monthly shows, um, because especially this year, they've been next level. Yes, this year has been incredible. I guess it comes with like, we've had a year off almost, so everyone's kind of eager to be able to show off all these new things and do everything. But, um, you know, we've brought in Mikey um, to PCW as well, and he's changed things up with ideas. And we've got some new fresh things that we're looking at doing and looking exposing. Obviously, we're on Fight TV now and then on High Spots. And so, so we've got all these exciting things happening and where they're kind of pushing wrestlers to not feel you know, restricted in just being at PCW. Go out, learn somewhere else as well. But, you know, this is our team. This is our, what we represent everywhere you go as well. Yeah, bring those eyes. Go find those new eyes and then bring them back. Yeah, and that's what's happening, especially like with Royce. Like Royce Chambers is, he's probably traveling the most out of any Australian wrestler at the moment. And he's, you know, as you see with those kind of guys, if you kind of bet on yourself to go do it, like that's the problem with, I think, a lot of wrestlers in Australia. And that's an issue that I've had where, you kind of get a little too comfortable at your own company and you're not going to get that exposure until you, you know, just bet on yourself and go somewhere and do something else and wrestle. Like look, he's been wrestling at MCW Deathmatch down under um, and other companies where I think the, you know, like the PCW crowd um, is you, you know, obviously we've got like a PG rating. So we have got that, a crowd it's all about knowing your crowd as well like i remember austin aries did a seminar and said like know what your crowd likes and what they're looking for and try and you know work with that so our crowd is you know want to see a heel they want to see a, a baby face so that they, they want a clean easy story to follow then you can go to other companies where you know that maybe they're more smart marks let's say so they already know that it's you know certain things so they just want to see certain moves they want to see or they you know now with deathmatch, some people just want to see death matches as well. So I think deep down, everyone wants to see a story, and it's just how you decide to tell that story. Um, yeah, exactly. and you get to switch that up wherever you are, and that's good for development. Um, mm. I mean, you spoke about betting on yourself, and that's something that you've done. Though you, how, yep. how did you get involved with Farley Dojo? Well, I was, I'd moved to Melbourne um, with my ex, and I was living out there, and it got to a point where we were just you know you're doing your sat we were doing saturday shows every week and um and spoiler alert to fans out there australian wrestlers aren't paid big money to wrestle on saturdays um so if you do have a chance to buy a t-shirt to support the guys it will help pay for their fake tan and their taping it makes a huge difference though like i've spoken to fans who think wrestlers are earning hundreds of dollars a match and they are not Mm. No, not in Australia. Not hundreds, thousands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of handshakes. A lot of handshakes. Um, but yeah. we're, 
that's the thing. So if you get a chance, if you're a fan of a wrestler, you know, to support them, really do buy a chance. If you have a chance to buy a t-shirt or something just to help them out, buy it. Because as you know, with especially with the Geelong boys, um, like we're traveling, most of our, <laughs> our payments are going towards fuel just to get to training, just to get better. So, um, but yeah, but back to Farley, son, he, um, yeah, as I was living in Melbourne, it got to a point where, you know, I think every wrestler is, they're doing it on the, the weekend is, and it get, comes to that decision where, am I doing this just for fun as a, as a Saturday kind of thing? Or do I want to take this serious? Do I want to go to that next step? And I had that conversation with my ex and I said, I, I think I can back myself and I can take this somewhere. So well, you're I a good looking this... guy. You've got good size. <laughs> no, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll agree with you. No. Um, well, I thought, <laughs> I thought, uh, so I reached out to the dojo, um, NZ Dojo, and just, I said to him, like, you know, I'm keen to, to come over. I saw there was a tryout, and I was talking to Stevie Philippe because he was over there with his brother, Tom, and he was telling me, like, you know, this is the best thing I've done. This is really good experience. I'm learning a lot of things that, you know, to kind of help me out. And obviously, you make that connection with Farley-san, who... If you want to go to New Japan in Australia or New Zealand, you have to know Farley Sun. You have to be have that connection, or else you know it may not happen. So um, yeah, bought a flight to Auckland and um, did the tryout, and um, yeah, was was living there in June with um, you know other Australians like Caveman Arg and uh, Tree Hugger Lucci as well from PWA, and um, yeah, I was there for six months. What's that experience like um, living at the dojo, training every day? Um, was it like, and that camaraderie with, the, with all of the people in the dojo? Well, it's, the camaraderie is like, so the first three months I was there, um, you, could, you really, it's, it's quite different to, I know we'll talk about the Japan, but like the difference between the two dojos was really that where, the guys that you're living with in New Zealand are become your brothers and you're kind of encouraging each other, you know, we're ye yelling at each other to get through the drills. And like, I remember doing the tryout. I remember we had to start off with, you know, I think it was a, I don't know how long the run was, but then we came straight back and we puffed and we had to do 300 Hindu squats straight in a row. And I couldn't, and we did all this workout and I couldn't walk the next day in Auckland. I remember <laughs> I had this quick weird story where I was walking back from my um walking to go get some food and then back to my room when i was staying over in uh, for the tryout and these kind of shady characters started following me for some reason and my legs were complete jelly from <laughs> the squats <laughs> so i'm trying to like limp away at a little bit of a pace <laughs> i said if the legs were normal i'd be fine with this but because i can't even walk it was a little bit of a, an issue but anyway but uh yeah once we to live at the dojo in New Zealand, the good thing about Farley-san is he did the dojo in, New and, uh, in Japan. So he knows, you know, he told us exactly what we have to expect. And he said, New, New, like, New Zealand's dojo is hard. This is going to be really hard. But Japan is a, a next level. So what we're going to do is we're going to train you up to a standard where you're going to get there and it's not going to be, you know, death pretty much. So we would um, wake up. Uh, clean the dojo would have groups where they'd clean the toilets to clean the dojo clean the kitchen clean outside and then you start your training and training would normally start off with anywhere between you know 
300 to 1,000 squats, Hindu squats. Um, but before that, a 2K run. And then we'd get into push-ups, um, a lot of cardio. And then by the time you could, you were absolutely dead, that's when they'd be like, all right, let's do some wrestling training. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. It's, well, the, it got to a weird point with the squats where anytime you saw 200, 300 or 400, it was kind of like, yes. <laughs> Thank God. An easy, easy day. day. Easy day. And then, um, yeah, but anytime we, we stuffed up there or if you made a mistake with cleaning or if you didn't greet one of the senpais there properly, it'd be punishment, which would normally be a thousand squats. And um, yeah, we had a day where caveman Ugg uh, didn't clean his dishes properly and left a spatula. I don't know if he's ever done it before. Exactly. Exactly. So we tried to plead that, but it didn't work. Um, no, he left a spatula in the sink and that cost us 2,000 squats. Oh, Lord. So that was so um, a very fast who, day for us. It doesn't matter who the punishment's directed at. The whole team has to do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So if, yeah, if one of the players, we all have to do it. So He would have uh, been popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i think we were meant to have like kind of a going away thing so it was coming to the end of our thing and um just between us i think they may have uh didn't organize a going away thing and <laughs> just said oh we better do something so here's the 2000 squats <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, we, we, we've all we've all played footy here and done uh pre-season training um yeah <laughs> of it of a of a pre of a preseason training compared to six months at a dojo, yeah. How, how far away from each other are they? Uh, well, I've never vomited before during a preseason, but the <laughs> first day into uh, the dojo was we're doing these wall climbs where you you're in a push up position and you're walking up backwards up the wall into a handstand and back down, and we're just doing reps of those while Fale sons yelling at you. And, um, yeah, I just, I remember getting up, running to the bin, vomiting, coming back. Knee, son, she was counting again. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything we did there, um, like we always counted in Japanese. So we're doing our squats to a thousand. We're counting in Japanese. We're greetings are in Japanese. So it's just preparing us for Japan. Um, and obviously learning that respect through Farley-san. But, you know, like when Farley-san created the dojo, I think his goal was to really help uh, Polynesians in New Zealand to help, you know, Tongans, Samoans, Maldives, Fijians around there. And um, to give them that opportunity, like there was so many days while we we're over at the dojo where we had kids that were less fortunate that would be invited to come in and watch training or he'd reach out to schools or anything around the community to try and help people come in and say, look, you know, life might, life might be hard right now, but here's an opportunity that might be there for you and like that happened with um, Hanare-san, who's now wrestling for New Japan, where if you ask him, he'll tell you that he was an angry young man and confused on what he was doing. And then Farley-san gave him that opportunity and now look at him. He's, he's killing it. You call, him, you call him Farley-san. We know him, of course, as bad luck Farley. Yes. Uh, most people would kill to spend a day or two with yeah. that sort of wrestler, a, a guy that has accomplished so much in his career mm -hmm. to spend such a period of time 
as you said, over a six-month period of time with him. The amount that you must learn from that man yeah. is amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And it's him and Tony Casino as well, our, um, our coach. And he helped coach him when Afale Son was on excursion in America. And um, so he's down there as well. And we just... Fale's son, he's obviously, you've met, you guys have met him before. He's a big, intimidating guy. We spent um, an hour with him and we'll petrified. Yeah. My, my phone went off during his press conference at New Japan at Festival Hall. <laughs> uh, I, can imagine, I can imagine the look. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, he's can be the most intimidating guy, but he's also just the most insightful. And there'll be days at the dojo where obviously you have those days where you're doing your thousand squats and you might go, you're counting in Japanese, you might be at 950 and then you go to 970 by act. Or 971, you might skip 10 by accident because you're counting Japanese, and then he'll come out of nowhere and he'll look at you and you like start again or like do another 200 because of that. And you're like, oh shit, <laughs> like, come on, follow. But there'll be days where you just, um, you know, we'll go to the sauna for recovery and he'll sit in there and he'll just kind of talk about mental health as well. He's big on mental health, he'll talk about. Um, setting goals and he's really the good thing about father son he was really open about everything and open about his own struggles um, life struggles and people that he's helped and also himself and he taught me one thing um, when we were driving once and he said to me look you know the main the best thing I ever did for myself was I I stopped putting myself first and started putting others first and then once that started happening because you know we're living in South Auckland um, which is predominantly a lot of Tongans around that area, a lot of Polynesians and Fale Sons recognized heavily around that area. And I remember once we went to a, uh, a restaurant and there are a couple of biker gangs <laughs> around that area. And we saw, I think he was like a president of a biker gang and we walked in like, Oh no. And then Fale, he saw Fale Son and he was pretty much up to him going up to him like, Oh, get it. Hey Fale Son. Hi, hi Fale. How are you doing? And just, Everybody around that whole area was really respectful to him, and because um, I know how much he does for the community, and for what he does for a lot of people there. But he, um, as I said, you just pick his brain about wrestling, and just make sure not to ask any marky questions, because that'd be his, his one thing. Would be don't be a mark. <laughs> I think he said that the first day. He said, uh, "You can ask me questions, but just don't ask me any marky questions." Uh, the man can eat too, can't he? Well, he's a Tongan. <laughs> We've been at the dinner table. We've been at the table with him while he's eating. Um, he, he can. And drinking, he was drinking butter out of a cup. <laughs> him, yeah, he, him and Gino, we oh. conducted our interview while they ate lunch. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I, saw, I remember seeing that photo. I know Gino can eat. And Farley's son, I remember anytime we went for dinner and Farley's son ate something, I try to... I remember the first time we went at, well, we went for breakfast with uh, Jado son as well. And uh, whatever Farley son ordered, I made sure I ordered as well, just to be like, yeah, I can, I can keep up with you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, he can eat. And then but we'd have nights where we did carver. Uh, have you ever had carver before? Yeah. I haven't. It yeah. tastes like dirty water. Just mud water, <laughs> dirty mud water. Yeah. Yep. It's like a root from a plant and they um, they put in like a big tea bag kind of thing and big cup and you serve it around and everything like that. And it's meant to relax all your muscles and everything. And 
but yeah, we had to drink so much of that. And there'd be some days we'd wake up the next day and just feeling dreadful. From it. <laughs> Doing, when you get to that 500th squat, you kind of start to feel it a little bit. I can imagine. Yeah. And what, what about obviously on the, on the end of that, um, mm-hmm. traveling to Japan to train. Yeah. What, obviously that's a, you know, a lot of wrestlers bucket lists. Um, mm-hmm to live and train in Japan. What, what was that like? It was a, um, so I remember Fale son had a chat to myself and one of the other guys, Oscar Munchau, he's a German from Hamburg, six, seven. And he said to us, look, um, the office is watching you too. Cause there's a webcam set up at the dojo and they'd be watching now and then. And um, he said, look, they've been paying attention to you guys and there's a chance that they'll be sending you over. So, uh, we went to pick up Jada's son from the airport once and um, and we were all stressing about this trial. Like, you know, we better nail this workout. We have to do really well. And he's coming out off the plane with about 100 other Japanese people. And as we have to do with our greetings at, in New Japan, we have to say, Oscar Samades. Um, but for us, because we're young boys, we have to yell Oscar Samades. So we've got 100 Japanese people walking in our direction at Auckland Airport. And Oscar and I just like, Oscar's on my desk. <laughs> and everyone's turned and looked at us and we're just bowing. And then he came up to us and we introduced ourselves in Japanese. And um, he just kind of quietly looked at us. I won't do his accent, but he just looked at us and he said, very tall, very handsome. And then he asked how our age. And then he said, I think, uh, I think Japan, okay. And then we pretty much got picked. So we got picked at the airport <laughs> and um yeah, we're pretty happy with that. So the, the drive home and then we didn't really have to worry about the training because I remember I, I didn't train that well that day, thank God. But yeah, they ticked off on it. But um, yeah, so with that positive news, it was good. But the unfortunate thing was I'd been away for six months and the, um, the ex wasn't exactly happy that this might turn into more time away. So unfortunately, we, we did break up um, before Japan. And then um, yeah, I was on, a few days later, I was on a flight to Tokyo and um which was incredible because we got there waited for Palestine and we got to the uh, dojo around about 12 o'clock at night woke up everybody there which was a bad <laughs> first impression um so we had suji Stan open the door la dojo boys were there as well and um we said look tomorrow the next day there's going to be a lot of wrestlers coming uh to go through their matches for wrestle kingdom so just be on you know on your guard and just make sure you're doing everything correct and um so we woke up the next day and the first person to come through the door was chris jericho and i'm just like let's go some of this hey chris jericho <laughs> how are you doing and like I, again i just had farley's son's uh voice in the back of my head just saying don't be a mark don't be a mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's <laughs> like don't, don't be a mark and so I just, um, yeah, and then all the wrestlers started coming in, Tanahashi-san and um, Osprey and all these guys. And we just, um, yeah, just did all the greetings. And yeah, then the next day we're there at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's the year Robbie was wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, wasn't it? There was. Because I remember, like, we got to Wrestle Kingdom, we got given our tracksuits. I think Farley's son gave us the tracksuits that fit him and didn't fit us because we had 3XL. So... Oscar got like, we're running around with these big baggy tracksuits, and um, which I'd yeah, and then 
I remember just before, so before every show, young lines and young boys have to train um, again. So we've, we'll do our four hours of training at the dojo, then get on the bus, bring everybody's suitcases on the bus, bring everybody's suitcases from the bus to the rooms. And then you go to the ring, do your 200 squats, do your rolls again and bumps. So, and that was the first time where we had to do all that, except we're in the middle of Wrestle Kingdom, the Tokyo Dome, doing rolls, doing bumps with every single wrestler that's going to be on the show watching you. And you just, you got Farley's son looking at you like, I can just tell in his head, he's just like, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're representing ourselves, but we're also representing him in the dojo when um, we don't want to embarrass him or embarrass ourselves so i remember doing my first roll in the ring and it was a, a new apron and i just i rolled and my right foot slipped and i was just like shit <laughs> <laughs> just quickly bounced up but uh yeah but once the show started you saw gino gambino on commentary and then you saw robbie eagles making his way to the um the ring and i was like god oh, this is pretty cool we've got three australians here and in front of all these thousands of people and it's I think um, like that whole night, I it got. To, I think by the time Naito's match came on, um, that's when I had to kind of stop myself and just be like, all right, just take this in, just kind of breathe it in for a second, and just because the crowd went crazy when he came out. And um, I was just, there. Yeah, yeah, you guys were there, weren't you? Yeah, uh, that was my one. The law was the year before, but yeah, it was uh, incredible. That sound. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds to me like the epitome of surreal. Yeah, it was exactly what it was. And like, um, cause I, I remember just looking over at Oscar and he looked at me and he's just like, this is what, what the hell? <laughs> and it's, I just had to remind myself that all the work that I put in in New Zealand was to get here and, um, that I earned it. I wasn't here cause the whole time I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? But I had to keep reminding myself that I earned the, you know, the right to be here. We had, we had a similar I suppose, surreal moment when we were backstage at Festival Hall mm. in Japan. We're there and you see the wrestlers walking around and, and you're sort of a, a little bit involved with it. And that was, that was amazing. But for someone to be actually entrenched in it, I could just yeah. understand a, a, a memory you'll never, ever forget. No, definitely not. I just, you know, we had the first night, we had the second night. I think the second night I had the chance to more relax. The first night I was kind of on edge being at the show and making sure I didn't do anything wrong because when we were you know backstage I didn't know there was a lot of famous Japanese people there and I didn't know who was like um of let's say of importance there so mm -hmm. I was just kind of saying Oscar Samedes to everybody I was running past back and forth so Oscar Samedes Oscar Samedes and then um but yeah it was just surreal but that was kind of the happy easy part but then the training began the next day and that was the um yeah <laughs> that's when things got real but the thing is it would give you an indication of why the training is so hard yeah of course all yeah. of a sudden you've got this massive audience this massive event called wrestle kingdom and mm. it's making sense now as to why i need to do what i've got to do over the next couple of months because they only want the best of the best and i've got to be there yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was good that it was, it was perfect timing. And that's what exactly it was. It was just, you see this and say, this is what we're aiming for. Like, just imagine being here. I've got this opportunity to make this a reality. So I've got to make sure that these next three months are going to be the, the hardest I've ever worked. 
and then obviously the world shut down at the wrong time for you. Yeah, it was. Um, well, the training was the training would start. Um, it go four hours, and the, it'd start off with you know your squats and all the things we did at the dojo, but we wouldn't get the the breaks in between. We wouldn't get a drink break, so we wouldn't get a drink break for the first hour and a half, two hours, and then by the time you can't move, that's when we'd start wrestling training. And it'd be every day. But the, the thing in Japan that was different was they're big on not showing, you know, showing that fighting spirit. New Japan's big thing is fighting spirit and constantly showing that in your matches and in training and not showing any pain. So at the dojo in New Zealand, we try not to show any pain. But if you physically couldn't do a drill, there'd be another drill to substitute with and do that drill to be able to continue to train. But in Japan, if you can't get through one drill, you're getting kicked out of training. Yeah. So it's, there's no, like, can I do this? Like I, I, when I was over there, I had, um, I injured my Achilles and I remember pushing through the pain and then we had to keep doing skipping drills. And I was speaking to physios back home in Australia saying like, you know, what's the worst what's the best rehab? What, what shouldn't I do? And they're just saying, don't skip, don't do any <laughs> skipping. And I'm telling, I'm trying to tell Azuka son, if you've ever seen Azuka son, he's got a, a 12 inch black beard. He's got shaved eyebrows off by choice and shaved head um, and a big history, obviously, with New Japan being crazy. And um, he's a legit MMA fighter as well. And uh, trying to tell him that I can't skip is <laughs> one thing that I'll never do again. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, he's, I still get nightmares thinking of Azuka-san. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the first, I think there was a week where um, the Achilles start to hurt. And I thought he was going to throw a barbell at me at one point, but um, luckily he didn't. Well, Jake, it's, so it's been, what, 15 months since you've been in Japan? Yeah. Has anyone, yeah. have they remained in touch? Do you sort of? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still talking to some of the, the young lines over there. And like, I got along with, um, you know, the, the LA Dojo boys as well. And um, obviously we've got New Zealand Dojo, Farley's Dojo, New Zealand Dojo um that i've been in touch with and and looking to go back and continue my training and everything um so but last year when i got back with COVID, i, I chose not to come back to victoria i chose to go to queensland where i have family and um kind of do my rehab on my achilles there and and just kind of clear my head on what i want to do going forward because i think obviously going through the breakup and obviously going through the the dojo it's really hard on you mentally and yeah. I remember there'd be days where I kind of only really had um, Oscar there who could speak English besides a couple other guys. And you kind of be, you'd feel a bit alone at some points where you go to your room because when you're a young boy, you have to be downstairs and constantly be seen. You need to be in the kitchen cooking. You need to be cleaning. And you kind of, by the time you get to go to bed, which is around about 11 o'clock, that's the only time you really get to yourself. So you kind of in your head a little bit there to go on you know questioning everything and it just had to when I got back to Queensland it was a chance to kind of clear my head and say you know let's recharge let's get going again and let's let's get back to Japan were you in Japan when Royce was over there I was but as a young boy you're not allowed to not allowed to leave the dojo unless you go do groceries so I do <laughs> I, I messaged him I said yeah if you want to come get some groceries with me <laughs> 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 but I um I, I saved a uh, 
there was a magazine that came out over there that we used to get delivered. So I saved him one of those and gave it to him. But yeah. he uh, he met a couple of the other New Japan guys there, Gabe Kidd and um, I think Carl Fredericks was there and hanged out with him one night. But it was it yeah, was unreal, yeah. to, unreal to have yeah. a race in Japan. Yeah, he um, it's good to see like two guys from PCW though. I mean, both over there at the same time. Mm. Have um, PCW been tapping into some of the stuff you've learned since you've been back? Yeah, well, that's been the main thing is um, they were really keen. They were asking me, you know, when I'm coming back, what's the go? You still, you know, are you coming back to Victoria? And I said, yeah, I'm coming back and um, I'm keen. Because they asked me, like, do you want to take some training nights for the guys and teach them some things? Because I remember um, when I came back after the first three months in New Zealand, I, I watched a show and I could just see things that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. after that training there and then when I came back from Japan especially I was watching shows from us and from other companies and just seeing things that I never saw before and I um, I wanted to help PCW because again if bringing it back to like you know the football team like with our with PCW if one of us kind of plays bad or puts on a bad match it reflects on the whole company and everything so we want to all make sure that everybody's delivering so I had you know information that i could help people get better so i took some lessons um some people didn't show up the first training session because they were a little bit scared that they were going to be squatting <laughs> for like two hours and i even shame them, I even yeah. shame them. I'm, I'm tipping tricky would have been one of them <laughs> jj ferner but he um no so we the main focus was on just showing that aggression because as you said like with that that fan that talked to you about um seeing pcw guys and seeing yeah. people that look like wrestlers and that was a big thing that i just wanted to get across to the guys because you can watch some obviously they like slam shows which are as development um or more than ignition and you kind of, I always tell them, like, you just don't be a group of guys wearing tights that are playing wrestler. That's one of the big issues that I have. Like, if it just doesn't, if the crowd doesn't believe it, then, you know, if you don't believe it, then the crowd won't believe it. That's the, the thing. So it was just about making everything legitimate with the, the strikes and the facials, the aggression that you have in the ring. Because, um, but, you know, when we're in New Zealand, we had to learn how to kickbox. We had to learn how to box. We had to learn all the amateur wrestling, jujitsu. Because by the time we got to Japan, everybody there, even if they're a comedian wrestler like Yano, let's say, that does a bit more comedy, he's still an Olympic-level wrestler. And it was one of you guys throwing shade at Yano recently on a pod? Because I thought no, I heard one of you guys. And I was just like... No comment. <laughs> I, was like, I, I just I, I was shaking my head listening i was just i can't believe it's just it. not my favorite no he, he does the comedy by choice it's not because he's a bad wrestler <laughs> no, i didn't say he's a bad wrestler i said i don't i don't find him funny no i i found all his matches just super enjoyable but he um very very good but um and that's the thing i think when i came back it was just showing that being able to teach some guys some aggression and even like the thing I like, you know, with Tricky as well is we want to help people that want to be helped and that want to learn. And there's an issue with Australian wrestlers where I've met wrestlers that are like, you know, I think I'm really good, but I'm not really going anywhere. It's like, well, it's because you think you're happy at where you're at right now. You're kind of at this level and think that 
being at that level is going to be good enough to go places, but it's, it's just not the case. Unless you're main eventing WrestleMania, then you always should be trying to get better. And we've got um, a lot of our talent that are wrestling on Slam are just constantly wanting feedback. And I'm getting, the problem is now that I've been back in Australia, I've got all the guys from Slam sending me all their matches. So I'm having to watch every single <laughs> match and just analyze it for them and give them feedback, which is fine. And the guys on ignition. And just um, the good thing is, um, you know, these guys are hungry and they want to learn and they're constantly asking me and I'm letting management know these guys are really keen and these guys are eager to learn as well. Well, Jake, we know that you're trying to improve yourself all the time. What have you got coming up uh, to help you get better in the upcoming months? Well, we've got um, we've got Ignition on this weekend, but we've got the weekend off, which is good. To, I've just had a, a couple of things that have been lingering um but i've been trying to we've got carnage that's going to be coming up on june 12th one of our next big shows as well and i may be on a certain tournament that might be waiting for an announcement as well just on the quiet for uh something else but um look Ooh, just we've already, we've already had one exclusive on that tournament oh really <laughs> no, we've got one coming up different tournament could be, yeah. could, could be a different tournament. Yeah. yeah. Could be different. Could be. Let's just say well the tournament's meant to be a certain weight class, but I feel like there might be only two other people that might be on that weight class, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, we've got obviously with Carnage and hopefully just looking forward to getting my hands on Charlie Matthews at some point because we were meant to have yeah, a match. He's been, he's been a thorn in your side, hasn't he? Yeah, look, we were meant to have a match at Revenge and we've been building to that match. Um, he called me out and, you know, called me a bit of a tryhard and trying to, you know, with all my wrestling. Like, so the thing is, I went to the dojo to train to get better. I went to New Japan to get better, came back a better wrestler. He went on a reality TV show called Love Island, which got cancelled, but now apparently it's been renewed. And he got his 15 minutes of fame and then decided to call himself Australia's, you know, the face of Australian wrestling. <laughs> Just, he's this lanky six foot five model that puts on Hulk Hogan-like pants and calls himself a wrestler. And he, um, it just, I don't know. And he, the, the fact that he called me out to wrestle, I said, look, you call yourself the best. I want to wrestle the best. Bring it on. Let's have a match. And then come wrestling night, he... Uh, complains that he wasn't paid enough and he got offered more money to go to an, a bar and make an appearance in chapel street so he yeah typical charlie so um ducking you ducking you for sure yeah well i'll pay i'll pay the match out of my own pocket just to get my hands on him when uh at carnage <laughs> because... I, actually, I actually think he got his 15 minutes of fame when he came on the turnbuckle <laughs> You probably did, but because all these followers, I've been getting random messages from his little fourteen-year-old followers saying, <laughs> don't, don't, be, hurt don't, be, "Don't hurt Charlie, don't be mean." Not the face. Don't and hit him now in the that, face. Now that the, the show face. is airing, <laughs> now that the show is airing on the uh, in the UK, I'm starting to get people from the UK sending me messages oh. saying, "Don't hurt him. He's a nice boy." Because he spent, I think he spent ninety percent of the show crying on there about. <laughs> I think for, like whenever a person left on the show, he'd cry. And it's like the guy, you've known him for a week. What's going on on this show? <laughs> I, I, heard, I, I heard that um, someone took the bins out and he cried while they were out there. So, 
Oh, well, apparently he, he blames a bad edit. He says, bad edit, bad edit. I, I, I'm not like that. I was actually really funny. And like, um, they didn't show the full scene. I, was, I wasn't crying. And, um, but yeah, look, I think it's really exciting what's going on with Australian wrestling. I think the, the positive side of COVID is it's actually, it's kind of locked everybody in Australia, but it's given the opportunity for Australia's best wrestlers that are here to kind of give more exposure to different companies, yeah. giving more exposure to other wrestlers. Like you got Robbie Eagles wrestling at different companies. If you have a match with Robbie Eagles, that puts notice on you. That gives mm. the company that he's wrestling for notice. And like we've been, as you've got Kellyanne who signed to Ring of Honor, she's been wrestling with us. That helps Asia. That helps give her more, you know, popularity around Australia as well. And I think there's, there's good things going on, especially, you know, with, Deathmatch Down Under, they're, they're putting in a lot of effort, putting in a lot of money and time into their company at the moment to try and get wrestlers from all different states where, you know, Melbourne wrestlers may not have seen the chance to come and see them. They may not have got the chance to see Mark Davis wrestle before and then there's their opportunity. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's exciting. And, um, we're looking forward to seeing what happens with you over the next few months as well. Yeah, yeah I am as well because <laughs> I... Um, yeah, I've got some things planned and obviously we've got the dojo. There's a really exciting things happening at Farley Dojo at the moment um, that I can't talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't give you an exclusive on that. But there's some big things happening there. And um, yeah, just looking forward to everything going forward with Australian wrestling. Thanks for your time, mate. You've been so open about everything. We've really appreciated it. Uh, all the best, mate, with the future. We look forward to uh, keeping an eye on what you are doing and, and how things go. Too easy. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Jake Taylor joining us here on the turnbuckle. I came to play to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to say goodbye to the good old days. They're never coming back. Watch a few times. I came to play to get my tooth paid. I guess you had a dream, but it can't be saved. I came And welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle. Fantastic chat there, gentlemen. Yeah, um, good hearing about Jake's time with Farley Dojo and PCW. Yes. Looking forward to seeing him uh, get out into some more wrestling around uh, around Victoria. You know, he's yep. got the uh, New Japan and Japanese training behind him as well, so experience now. Exactly right. All right, guys, let's get into our serious news segment here on the Turnbuckle, and to do that, as always, Eleni Thomas joins us. Hello, Eleni. Hey, guys. How are you going? We are all okay, I believe. Once again, I don't want to speak on their behalf because I could be totally wrong, but I speak on my behalf and I am well. No, you said okay. You've now upgraded to well. I'm getting better every minute. I'm probably, I'm probably better than Mark Carano, who uh, no longer has a job with the WWE. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So WWE Senior VP of Talent Relations, Mark Carano, was fired by the company early this week due to an incident that occurred with the recently released Mickey James. And so as first reported by Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc., Mickey James tweeted a photo of a trash bag containing her belongings, which were mailed to her after her release. And so in the tweet, she tagged Vince McMahon, stating, Dear at Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my at WWE care package today. Thank you. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. Hashtag women's wrestling matters. And so Stephanie McMahon, Triple H and John Laurinaitis all apologized to James on Twitter for the incident. 
and that the person responsible for the incident was fired. And shortly after the apologies, Fightful Select issued a report indicating John Laurinaitis personally called Mickey James unapologized. And the report also noted that Laurinaitis pointed the blame for the incidents to Carano and that it had been taken care of. And what's really sad about this news is that it isn't the first time a female wrestling or wrestler has been given a similar care package. Maria Canales took to Twitter and announced that she had gotten a care package from WWE when she was released from the company in April of 2020, as well as the legendary Gail Kim when she left the company a decade ago. So this just seems like a bit of a bit of a disaster, to be honest. Uh, sorry, am I missing something here, boys? What what's a care package and what's in this care package? I think it's whatever stuff of theirs was left behind um, at the company, to be honest. Ah, so it's the empty the emptying of the locker. Yeah. <laughs> I've been called a trash bag a few times, but um, I don't think it's that kind of trash bag that they've been sending. Um, I, I, I noticed there's not a lot of tears being shed for Mark Serrano or Carano, whatever his fucking name is. Um, all I know is that he's uh, he's not a popular man when it comes to WWE, and uh, there's some stories that have been coming out about him on Twitter that if they're right, he might have a few more skeletons in his closet than than we even know about. Yeah, the alleged stuff from the like the divas shows and stuff like that being, we'll say creepy. I don't want to go. He looks, he looks like a into. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, that's unfortunate. He looks that way as well. But um, I don't know how how you can treat, regardless of their tenure in the business, Hall of Fame worthy talent. This is a billion dollar company, and for their HR department to treat recently released uh, employees like that. Come on, how much, how many, how much would it cost to ship it in a nice box? And, you know, we do wish uh, you in your, well on your future endeavours. Yeah, I work for a multi-million, multi-billion dollar American company and there's no way that if we, if I was uh, let go, that my stuff would come to me like that. It just... No, it's just, a PR does it's yeah, a problem that. with process that there shouldn't be a it should there should be enough processes in place that it's actually impossible for that to happen. You know what yeah. I'd love to see? I'd love to see a post on Twitter from the WWE with a box entitled "Care Package" and his name on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think tip for tat's the way to go. No, probably not. Said, but... right, it's. I don't know if it's a lose your job worthy. There must be some other reasons because there's no way that this is lose your job worthy to me. No, it's a gross oversight. Um, maybe they've heard rumours of him being uh, the other allegations that might come out. Maybe it was just let's cut this off before it gets worse. Um, but I've, they were already restructuring that department, so this might yeah. still been a good opportunity. <laughs> it might have been the shove. Yeah, the little brownie points backing someone. It's not. It's not a not a bad way, but um, yeah, mate, Tony. They might bring out a uh, like a Repo Man figure oh. with accessories, being uh, future endeavoured trash bags. Um, what about instead of having a, a money in the bank suitcase hanging from the top of a ring, they have a care package? <laughs> I think the TNA did that with um, their cash in a ladder match and above the ring it was. If you yeah. open the wrong case, it had you fi- you're fired in it. So, uh, like, why you would go in a match like that? That's classic TNA. Um, um, 
The other thing is, uh, isn't um, Carano the guy who usually rings people in the future and endeavour them? Who rang him? Yeah. <laughs> Surely Johnny Ace. He would have loved it. Reminds it. Me, it reminds me of the old Simpsons episode where um, Milhouse's dad gets uh, let go by the Cracker Factory. And he said, oh, so that's it. Goodbye and good luck. Uh, we don't recall wishing you good luck. <laughs> but goodbye. Uh, is all then, his stuff getting, when he gets his desk cleared, is it all ending up in a garbage bag and sent to his house? That's what I said. Surely surely there's going to be a care package sent to him. I want to see it on Twitter. <laughs> I want if Mickey, I was in America, Mickey James. If I was in America, I'd try to get sacked just so that like the start of every movie, I could be walking out of the office holding that box with my pot plant. <laughs> I feel bad that as an adult, I haven't got to do that yet. <laughs> no, you've been forcibly removed by security. That's right. You, please do not go back to your office. <laughs> no, that's the dream. The dream is to be removed by security so you don't have to sit out your, um, you have to sit out your notice period and get oh, to go on gardening leave. Good point. Hey, let's, move, them, let's move forward to some Impact Wrestling and AEW news, Lenny. Yeah, um, so the fate of the AEW World Championship and the Impact World Championship was decided this past week at Impact Rebellion with AEW World Champion Kenny Omega defeating Rich Swan at the event and stripping him of the Impact World Championship. And so Omega pinned Swan for the win, ending his 184-day championship reign in the process. And as the stipulation for the fight was a title for title match, Omega now holds both of the titles. And so in addition to the previously mentioned title belts, he is also the AAA Mega Heavyweight Championship, making him a triple champion at the moment. And I guess in addition to that, um, he also holds two world titles for two of the biggest wrestling companies in America. So pretty, pretty big win for Omega, especially seeing as, you know, he's got this gimmick going on about taking all the belts. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next with this. Yeah, because I think they might have booked themselves into a corner and I'm not sure what impact they're going to get out of it moving forward. But one thing that stood out to me, because Omega's not the biggest wrestler, like size-wise, but I saw a photo of him and Rich Swan standing across the ring from each other and they were presenting as this big, big fight. But Rich Swan looks tiny even next to Kenny Omega. It's like... I find it difficult um, to take Rich Swan seriously as a main event guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a good wrestler. I, I, I really enjoyed him in WWE, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's that 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 visual for me um, was like, oh, yeah, he's very small. Yeah, um, I I haven't watched Impact in a while, a long time, even though. The reviews are good. The TV show Weekly is good. Um, but I watched the the main event to see how it would go. I thought it was a really good match. Uh, their styles work well together. I still believe Kenny Omega's one of, if not the best wrestler in the world at the minute. So he got a great match out of Rich Swan. Um, Rich Swan's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm just saying it put it on a map. Put them on a map. I'm assuming... He loses the title maybe in a multi-man match, uh, the TNA title. He can lose it that way without getting pinned. So it doesn't look like an impact wrestler pinned the AEW champion. Um, I'm assuming that's the only way to get out of it. Um, but no, I mean, there's plenty of ways to get out of it. It's wrestling. Well, with everyone having their head held high, which I'm assuming that's the deal going in. 
not everyone just, except the poor old rich swan. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, everyone assumed he wasn't going to win the AEW title. That was never going to be. No, it could only be Omega or Schmoz. Kenny Omega is one of your favorite wrestlers, isn't he, Lenny? Yeah, no, I do really like him. I, yeah, I think it's an interesting sort of decision, like you said earlier, like backing themselves into a corner. Because I think, I feel like, you know, like from the fans, the natural progression would be to see him then end up in WWE, but that's obviously not going to happen. So I don't really know where where they're going with with this one um but yeah no i love the match as well um i thought it was really good but yeah i'm yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens from here i feel like that's the the biggest thing uh, i think it'd be fantastic if kenny omega went to wwe and took the aw championship with him wwe would hold on to that not, and i'll never get it back that's not gonna happen <laughs> that's not gonna happen first episode they'll put it in a bin it's uh, wrestling well she nah that that would never happen but he might Ring of Honor, maybe. Um, Japan. You know, the, oh, obviously Japan, Japan is every wrestling fan's dream. Uh, for it doesn't have Kenny. to be New Japan. No, be- well, if he's going to be the ultimate belt collector, uh, I'm looking forward to it. If he gets more titles, better than the last belt collector we had, uh, Austin Aries. So this is, this is definitely Hartwell. an upgrade. Indy Hartwell had three in Australia at one stage. Yeah, Indy three belts. Indy three belts, yep. Well, speaking of Japan, Eleni, some news coming out of Japan. It's not good, the fact that uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had to cancel three shows due to the state of emergency and COVID over there. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, um, obviously due to the recent state of emergency declaration from Tokyo, um, New Japan had to cancel three of their shows that were scheduled for next month. And so the company announced the cancellation on their website, stating that As a result of the state of emergency declared across Tokyo, New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived at the decision to cancel three events on the road to Wrestle Grand Slam Tour on May 8th, 10th and 11th. And so they went on to say that they apologise to fans who were looking forward to these events and that all the tickets for the cancelled shows will be refunded. So very sad news for sure. Yeah, those shows all at Corrigan Hall as well, boys. How are they going to have an Olympics? I was going to say the same myself, mate. It's going to be tough. Surely. Uh, it's It's got disaster written all over it. Um, I'm assuming everyone just assumed the um, vaccine would be rolled out within a couple of weeks and we just go back to life as normal. But It'll be rolled out everywhere except Australia. We won't be able to compete. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere anytime soon unless we want to go that's, to New Zealand. That's fine. Don't worry. Our Prime Minister was chosen by God. We'll be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, look... He's um, like the Blues Brothers. Not my God. <laughs> I'm an atheist. Well, no, I didn't so choose him, Tony. I'm an atheist, so does that mean I don't believe he's the Prime Minister as well? Exactly. Technically. Um, I, yeah, like all... I, 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 I every morning I wake up and I hope he's not the Prime Minister. <laughs> all Japan Wrestling, they're running um, shows without fans at the minute. They've got their Champions Carnival on at oh, the minute. That, um... DDT, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So in the Champions Carnival, a close friend of the show, Slade Mercer, was in a couple of years ago. Um, I think he well, got well. Hey, delete his number. He's not, he's not a close friend after what he said to us last time. Well, you did track down his number illegally, so maybe you weeded him out. I don't think that doing a, a Spokio search that I learnt off Catfish is illegal. <laughs> Yet to I be proven. 
I don't know what that means. Neither do I. Oh, you need no. to watch Catfish. And uh, watch to finish Everyone off... Everyone should watch Catfish. I don't even know what it is. To finish off oh, all any news... Watch it. God, would you shut up? No. To finish off all any news of a pregnancy... Yeah, yeah. So to end the news segment on a happy, positive note, um, Ronda Rousey announced her pregnancy during a recent YouTube video she posted. Um, so during the clip, Rousey referred to her future child as the baddest baby on the planet and revealed that she is due on the 22nd of September, meaning she's already roughly four months into her pregnancy. And so congrats to Ronda Rousey. All the best for her first child. And I'm sure when that child is ready to wrestle, it'll be... The baddest baby on the planet. I don't know. Thinking, that might be a stretch. I've been told that I was a horrible baby. Most women actually look forward to their baby's first kick. I'm thinking Rhonda won't be. If it's anything like her, it's gonna, could do some damage. Could be arm bars everywhere. <laughs> That's no, it. We're not touching that any further, boys. We're leaving that. I don't like making jokes about women's pregnancies, Tony. Do we know who the father is? Is she pregnant? Is she married? Yes, we do know who the father is. Who? Her husband. <laughs> what? Well, what I wasn't sure whether she was married. <laughs> she is married, yeah. She, she has oh, a partner. Nice. Beautiful. Congratulations to them both. When Eleni didn't put the husband in there and just say congratulations oh. to Rhonda. He's not, a, he's not a wrestler. He's not a W. He's, he's an MMA fighter. It is a, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah he's true. an MMA fighter. It might have been a test tube. I don't know who the father. The father might have been a test tube. I don't know. It's Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's Vince McMahon. <laughs> now, that would be a real news story, right? Oh. No, <laughs> and on that oh. note, we can't top it. Eleni, uh, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. No worries. Thanks, guys. See you later. Lenny Thomas with the super serious news segment here on the Turnbuckle. All right, boys, let's move on to some other stories. Chelsea Green has been stirring up some controversy. What's been happening there? <laughs> this is the internet overreacting, but um, Australian uh, graphic designer, Salsa Boy, who does some, I think he did some work for Murdoch and for DMDU. He, uh, did a graphic and she shared it and used it and then he messaged her asking for her to credit him. Not for money, just for credit. So she deleted it and blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> so now she's getting shit. And in all great uh, wrestling apologies, wrestling apology 101 we'll call it, she's done a notes apology um, where she doesn't say sorry or I apologise at all. Um and then she got pulled over the coals again. So she got another 24 hours of the news cycle because yeah. of her apology. Wow. So as, if someone at their wrestling school can um, introduce a apologising on the internet class, I think you'll have the best <laughs> wrestlers. <laughs> I, I feel she could, she could have just easily apologised in the private message and, and then go back to her post and add another thread to it and just... Put salsa boy in there. Quote tweet it. Yeah, I'll quote tweet it with the. It's easy. It's I I understand easily to have an oversight of you don't credit someone or maybe you don't even know. We've made that mistake ourselves. Yeah, you don't know where the original came from because if people go if it gets traction because if it's good, uh, understand that I a cancelable offence and uh, B 
being dragged over the hot coals for 24 hours. It's embarrassing overreaction from wrestling Twitter, but we know what the cesspool is. Um, but then they doubled down with the notes. We love you, wrestling Apolo- Twitter. Don't ever do it to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hashtag cancel Lyle. I don't have a... Oh, no, that's so I'm fine there. So if you're going to be cancelling me, you'd be using the uh, Tony Shebeki with the blue tick. Um, send all hate tweets towards me through him. Tony doesn't know how to use Twitter, so you won't see it. But Twitter's probably the only Perfect. one that I do know how to use. No, sort you of. trust me, you don't. Sort of. <laughs> uh, you know how to open the app. Deathmatch Down Under have been announcing names for their heavyweight title tournaments. Yeah, this is getting ridiculous. The there's some of the top names in Australian wrestling, Tony. Who's Who has been named like? Who? Tommy Knight, Gore, uh, Royce Chambers, Charlie Evans, JXT, Chanel Phoenix, Tyson Baxter, AJ Istria, Richie Taylor, Caveman Ugg, uh, Candy Lee uh, from New Zealand. Uh, Someone got announced today, which I don't have on my list because I did that. Rogue got announced today. I tell you what, I've got an announcement. Oh, well, what? you're in. You're nominating. I'm announcing someone. What? Is this official announcement or are you just announcing someone? This is an official DMVU heavyweight title tournament announcement. Oh. On the turnbuckle it's exclusive? Really, it's an exclusive one. So uh, DMVU um, will be including one of my favourites, Sammy Falcon, in the tournament. I spoke yep, to Sammy. Good. He said... And I quote, this is a chance to show what I've done over the past few years, an opportunity to get eyes on one of the best that this country and industry has to offer. A chance to live up to the hype that I've created for myself. Oh, I'm look at you, Mr. Man. Journalist. I'm not a no, subtle no. man. I'm not a humble man. I'm just good. Really good. And you'll see that regardless of the outcome. So Sammy's in and Sammy's uh, as PCW as wrestlers come. So this is um, a real blurring of the lines and a real um, sign that DMDU and PCW wrestlers could really be popping up on each other's shows. Good. Where do you go? Well fans. done. Well, I mean, honestly, I'd look, are we going to start to see DMDU wrestlers on PCW shows? I hope so. I hope so too. I think that'd be fantastic to see Gore come out and... Uh, Destroy some rookies on, uh, on PCW. Be fantastic. Get his, hand, get his hands on Carl Grove. Oh, oh we'd all love to get hands love on it. Carl Grove. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just thinking from the fans' point of view with the uh, SEC Arena. It'd be uh, be good. Mate, congratulations on that exclusive. That's just... I'm a big, yeah, and I'm a big Sammy Falcon fan. I think this is um, a lot of people who are going to see this show won't have seen much of Sammy. And they are in for a freaking treat. Well, fantastic. Hey, uh, the Miz documentary on WWE Network. Have you had a chance to see it? Yes. What do you I'm think? Halfway through it. It's very good. It's very good. Um, it's amazing how much footage they've got of him talking to camera from back in the day, all the way through his career. It's like they were planning to make this documentary 10 years ago. Um, it's really good. You get a real um, sense of of how much work the Miz does. Yeah, well, he's um, definitely 
shows his longevity in the business. 15 years, I think he says, you know, 15 plus years, um, obviously an ultra fan starting out and then, and then reality TV segued into it. Being uh, shown how- in the locker room because he's just a naturally hateable person. Um, uh, the person who kicked him out of the locker room, I only refer to him as the person who kicked him out and that person. No, 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 no. It's the family killer. Oh, oh it's the other guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. The worst one. So they don't they don't mention him ever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it was... funny because JBL was was always was a hater of the Miz and then switched. And yeah. so he's one of the talking heads who's really putting the Miz over. Oh, it's okay. A, I haven't got I haven't got up into that. I do I do yeah, at, at the start, oh he goes through different uh, costume and wardrobe changes. He always had shitty looking uh, cheesy ring gear. Um, the short, the long baggy shorts, uh, that faux hawk. Um, he was easily hated. I think, is it Brian Gewertz is talking, one of the talking heads in it. And he's mentioning that what they picked up on from Tough Enough and the real world, that he'd be a natural heel um, straight away. And Cena, um, Cena's played such a big part in his career, and it's interesting to see that sort of dynamic as well. Um, and I don't know if you have to do the part where he comes out as the Rock. And um, no, not yet, not yet. So the part where he comes out as the Rock, and um, they say you're the Rock tonight, and he says to Vince, "Well, how? I'm not a six foot four Samoan." And he goes, "If you believe you're the Rock, they'll believe you're the Rock." And you see the reaction from the crowd, and they actually believe it's the Rock. Until he takes his glasses off, it is insane. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it now, and I'll finish that off tonight. That is crazy. Uh, speaking about TV shows, season three of Dark Side of the Ring also starting up. Yeah, next, yeah, starts, next week. Yeah, next week, and it starts with a double episode of Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, yeah. Um, That's, so I think it's a longer season this season as well. Yeah, it's uh, 14 episodes. Uh, they're going all out. Um, some of the yeah, actually, uh, I'm looking for the Luna Vachon episode. Yeah, that's really such good. an intriguing character, and um, her her wrestling story be a great one to be told. Um, you got Nick Gage, Ultimate Warrior, Dynamite Kid, which would be great. The Steroid Trial, um, the WWE Plane Ride from Hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking just forward funny. to that. Was just be comedy fun. gold. Um, is it Brock Lesnar and Kurt having? Olympic wrestling matches. I think, Vince has, I think Vince has a wrestling match on that. Vince, plane, Vince right? gets involved. It's wow. people Rick getting Flair's their hair cut off. Naked in his that, yeah, people get, get their hair, hair cut off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people are getting uh, their drinks spiked with Somers at the time, which you know, highly frowned upon these days. Um, yeah, frowned upon I, them. <laughs> not in the wrestling business. <laughs> unless you, did it, unless you did it there. Unless you did it to Ken Shamrock and then um, he'd come after you, but your tag team partner would hit him with the, one of those old style telephones. A lot to look out. forward to. Guys, you know, one of my favorite things about going to a wrestling show is having a feed. It can't be. It is. What? The quality, well, when the you're quality in, of the alcohol no, doesn't he, mean as much to me as it does he went to, to you. He went to Chicago. Was it good food there? Nacho yeah. hats. Yeah, the food at wrestling in Australia, at least at most shows, is pretty poor. It's rubbish. Uh, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. It if it's it's 
it's got to reach the there standards of local there footy, local footy canteen. There's nothing, like a, there's nothing like a good pastizzi at NAW in Albion. If they ever start running shows again, we'll get a pastizzi there, Tony. Look, I, don't, I just think a lot of the wrestling shows happen around good eateries, but they don't have that much good food inside the venue. I miss in the venue. I miss I miss the um, the Frankfurts at uh, the Essendon MCW shows. They were fantastic. Yeah, the Ukraine uh, Hall. There's too many shows with zero food. Nice hot dogs at Riot Wrestling in Adelaide. They were. I've been to Riot City Wrestling in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. When did you go there? Last year. No, you did. He interviewed Brooksy. That wasn't Riot City. Where was it? You're at ACW. Hey. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I heard that the hot dogs at Riot City Wrestling were fantastic. The wrestling business, Tony. Riot City Wrestling can take the credit if you've given it to them. It's fine. Um, I, but Tony, I, I, I've seen you eat some absolute... You'll eat anything, and I've come to learn, won't you? We should do, we should do a documentary about wrestling food. <laughs> I don't know if sort of like man, Sort of like man... What's that? Man, man versus, versus food. food. Yeah. Tony versus wrestling food. So, no, and, that, I could, and I could sit down with some wrestlers and talk about the food. We could have like hot dog eating competitions, all that sort of stuff. That'd be good. It'd be a good doco. Yeah. Um, the steamed dim sims at the Glenroy Bowls Club are good. Um, I've been told on oh. good authority. Yeah. Uh, the fried dim. The fried you can't dim eat sims. dim sims around another person. You the can. fried dim sims are pretty good at PCW, but. If you're going to get them, make sure every other person in the crowd is eating fried dim sims because they are horrible to sit beside if you're not eating them. Um, they can lift their game, Tony. I'm still – was it MCW that ran uh, the Brewery Brawl? They had the taco yeah. truck there and you know, had some food vans there. We, uh, that, was, that was great. The issue All with right. food vans is sometimes the services are a bit slow. Well, the lines so, be, so can I be in charge of doing bar. the food reviews? If we can ever get you to a show, yes. All right, beauty. Excellent. Look forward to that. Let's have a look at some of the upcoming events around Australia on Friday night. BCW returns to Burwood. Royce Chambers versus Mitch Waterman in a first-time match. You sound surprised that they're in Burwood, Tony. No, I thought they were in Burswood. I thought it was like a Perth show, but it's not. Uh, RCW in Hater We Trust, live from Hindmarsh. That'd be Grab yourself a hot dog, dog while you're there. there. Good Olympic venue right there. GCW versus PPW Vendetta is on in Sunbury. A high They've mush, got great so barbecues in Sunbury. Great barbecue in Sunbury. That's a glass barbecue. PCW oh. Ignition is in Ferntree Gully with Kellyanne versus Chanel Phoenix, Emma the Kid, JJ Ferno, and Edward Dusk. Yeah, it's a good card, yeah, isn't it? Watch out for your seat. Watch out for your seat out there. Uh, JJ Ferno's wrestling, your seat should be safe. Buy yourself some Dim Sims. He won't come near you. That's a great card. Uh, Newey Pro. What is it? Hoos Among the Gum Trees. I just love that you can never pronounce the name of Newey Pro's shows. (laughs) Hoos Among the Gum Trees. It's always (laughs) Hoos. From Gateshead. With a stacked card including Charlie Evans and Kai Drake and Matt Diamond. And CJ Phoenix. AWF have Blue Mountains 
Mania in Katoomba. And then on Sunday, the 2nd of May, DMDU Burden of Experience in Seaford. That's all happening over the next uh, few days. Big weekend. Massive weekend. Big weekend in wrestling. Hey, boys, look forward to catching you soon. Bye. Yep. And thank you for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle.